Hi there, we really hope you enjoy this teaching from the message. To find out more about all the exciting things we're doing and how you can get involved, check out our website, message.org.uk. You will mind that I'm, uh, I'm doing two mornings on the full armour of God. Um, I read about this bloke actually in the Puritan preacher, what was he called, William Gurnall in 1655. He wrote a book called The Christian in Complete Armour. And uh, this was the subtitle he gave this book, written about this passage, uh, The Full Armour of God. Its subtitle was The Saints' War Against the Devil, wherein a discovery is made of the grand enemy of God and his people in his policies, power, seat of his empire, wickedness and chief design he hath against the saints. A magazine opened from whence the Christian is furnished with spiritual arms for the battle, helped on with his armour and taught the use of his weapon together with a happy issue of the whole war. There's his snappy title. And he dedicated this book. He called himself the unworthy minister and he dedicated it as a might and little present to his parishioners. Yeah, you know, this might and little present of a book was 261 chapters and 1472 pages just on these few verses. Uh, in in a more recent generation, Martin Lloyd-Jones, the doctor, and I had the privilege of hearing this amazing preacher who's now in heaven. He wrote a book just on these few verses we're going to look at today called The Christian Warfare and the Christian Soldier. And that went to uh, 21 chapters and 736 pages. So you won't mind me doing two little Tuesday mornings on the full armour of God. And if you've been journeying with us at all the last few months as we've gone through this precious letter to Ephesians and we're now sort of coming into land in the last chapter you'll know Paul shared marvelous news the marvelous news that we can be saved we can be saved from our sins saved from the wrath of God saved through relationship we can be saved so many benefits to being saved we can be saved now when we make a decision and we celebrate salvation every sign of salvation every person who bows the knee to Jesus we rejoice in that we can be saved now and we can be saved for all eternity we can stand before God and be welcomed into heaven because we're saved so we can be saved now we can be saved then Paul is really keen <laughs> that we live like we're saved in between we're saved, saved, and saved. You know, how significant you consider something uh, affects everything. If you go for a kickabout on the park with your mates, uh, you may have, you know, put jumpers for goalposts and kick about in your loafers and still wear your jeans and not try too hard, you know, but and you'll come away. And if you win the game, okay, all right, nice afternoon out. If you play in the Champions League final, that is an altogether different thing isn't it there'll be different preparation different equipment different mentality the way you look at something affects everything and what we're involved in here is the christian life according to the bible isn't like a champions league final it's war this is all out war according to the bible there's a battle going on a battle for your mind joyce meyer wrote that bestseller the battlefield of the mind she's spot on there's a battle going on for your mind. You better have the helmet of salvation on. There's a battle going on for your heart. The things that you want the most of all. Your deep desires. There's a battle going on. You better have the breastplate of righteousness on. There's a battle going on for your motivation. Anybody felt that battle over these 10 weeks of lockdown? Just that battle for motivation. That's why I say I'm glad to have my mojo back with all the exciting plans we've got 
for the message. There's a, there's a battle going on. That's why we need the shoes of the gospel that will take us swiftly to the lost and the least. That's why we need the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And there's a battle going on for your morals. <clears throat> That's why we perhaps need the belt of truth to keep our pants up. We need the full armour of God if we're going to stand strong all the way to heaven. And Paul says in Ephesians chapter 6, we read it last week, finally, he's coming into land. He wants to lay some stuff on them that's really, really important. Finally, be strong in the Lord. Not in yourself, not in your own efforts. You'll fail every time. You'll fall flat on your face if you're strong in your own efforts. If you try your best to be a good Christian, you need to be strong in the Lord. And if you want to be strong in the Lord, you better put on the full armour of God so that the Bible says you can take your stand against the devil's wicked schemes. The devil has a scheme. He's got a personal, careful plan worked out so you don't produce the fruit that Jesus has planned for you. So you don't live like the saved. In between being saved on that day, you surrender your life to Christ and saved for all eternity in heaven. You don't live like it. And our battle, according to Paul, isn't against flesh and blood. It's not against people. Because you would imagine it was against people when you look at some of the impact, uh, some of the input on Facebook, you know, uh, all the fighting and all the jostling and all the nonsense that goes on faithful on Facebook. No, our battle isn't against people. It's against principalities and powers and the devil and all his minions. That's where our key battle is, not against racists and child traffickers and these people who do these terrible things, corrupt politicians around the world, that's not where our chief battle is. Our battle is against the devil. There's a personal devil who wants to take us out, and we need to put on the full armour of God. Paul says, in this dark world, he has authority and power. Satan has that. Satan does have authority and power, but he only has Satan authority and power in this dark world. And we're not people who operate in this dark world. We are children of the light once we've surrendered our, our life to Jesus. We're not working the way Satan works. And if we're willing to put on the full armour of God, resist him, march forward as Christian soldiers. When the day of evil comes, not if the day of evil comes, when the day of evil comes, you'll stand strong. You see, there will be a time. I'm just telling you, as a matter of fact, some of you young men and women who are loving life, you're like, yeah, well, as if. I'm telling you, there will be a day of evil. There'll be a time of extreme temptation, discouragement, disappointment, and even despair in your Christian life. And if you've not got the full armour of God on, there's every chance that it's going to take you out. Why do troubles so often come in threes or fours? Have you noticed that? It's like left hook, right hook. Me, oh, trying to take you down because the dirty scheming devil is out to get you and he has his plans and he has his strategy and he has his scheme to take you out. He knows your weaknesses better than you do. That's why you better put on the full armour of God, especially if you're involved in a, a mission like the message where we're all about rescuing people from the devil's grip. So you better put on the belt of truth. See, the devil's a liar. That's his realm. Truthfulness of life and witness he can't cope with. 
We need to be people of the truth. I, I hate it when people talk about evangelists and say, oh, he's an evangelist. He's a good lad, but he's just being a bit evangelistic with the truth. No, it's so important we hold on to the truth. We're people who are known as people of the truth. We hold the sword of the spirit, which is the word of truth. And if you want any credibility in this life or the next, you need to operate in the truth. We need to be telling the truth in the power of the spirit. It's basically about being a person of integrity, isn't it? The belt of truth, which actually in a way holds everything else together. Being that person of integrity, that person of the truth. Second thing we need to put on is the breastplate of righteousness. The breastplate of righteousness, uh, Paul was thinking about, of course, the Roman soldier's breastplate, which covered him from his neck to his thigh. It was actually known as the heart protector. It protected the heart from the fiery arrows. Basically, my protection, ultimately my protection is not through good works, through leading a charity, through preaching the gospel. My, my protection is in Christ and his righteousness. My thorough protection is in his righteousness. I've put my trust in that. And so I put on the breastplate of righteousness and the shoes of the gospel. Actually, literally the boots of the gospel. They were thickly studded boots with sharp nails and straps on top and up the leg. So they were lightweight on top and they were heavy duty underneath they were called the collegiate they were they were revolutionary and many people have said the reason that the romans could win so many battles were the boots they could move long distances swiftly across rough terrain in the way that other armies couldn't and we have the boots of the gospel paul actually says your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace if we have the full armor of god in place we can swiftly move in obedience over some tough ground like a global pandemic to go to the lost and the least. And uh, we need to put on these gospel boots and be ready to go anywhere. And I believe the Lord's helping us to do that at the moment, to see where we need to go quickly, quickly, clearly over some tough ground. But we're going to win some lost people for Jesus and make a mark for him. Come on. Fourthly, the shield of faith. A Roman soldier in his uh, kit list, would have a small little round shield, which was, you know, for close combat. And then he would have a dirty big shield, a man-sized shield that he could hide behind. And they, these, again, were very cleverly designed so you could lock these shields together. And Roman soldiers would lock their shields together. And so when the fiery arrows, as they did in those days, they used to dip arrows in black tar and set fire to them, as the fiery arrows came over, they would lock their shields together and none of the fiery arrows, not a single fiery arrow could get through because all around them was protected. Satan has got fiery arrows. Come, he wants to fire you. I want to dip an arrow in black tar of sin and temptation and fire it your way. Not one arrow, but many fiery arrows. And you need to be locked in with your brothers and sisters if they aren't going to take you out. I heard for the first time yesterday, I was on a leaders call, a whole bunch of senior national leaders. First time I heard leader of a large church saying, feels like he's starting to lose people. I've not heard, I've heard all this faith about so many more people coming to church. People are getting a bit bored with online church. And, you know, in this lovely weather, they'd rather sit in the garden than watch the next service from their church. And 
People are getting disconnected. Well, that gets me really worried. We can't afford to be disconnected, especially at a time like this. We need our shields locked together. Satan can pick us off if we're isolated. But if we're locked together with our brothers and sisters, then come on, message, let's lock together at this time. Maybe we can't do it physically as much as we'd like to, but we can lock our shields together in faith, encourage one another, bless one another, cheer one another on. So the fiery arrows won't fiery arrows won't take us on, take us out. I remember doing this thing at a prayer day, and I wanted to pray for every church that was represented at the message. So I said, just write your your church name on a piece of paper and and this was like quite a few years ago and we were meeting at ivy ivy church actually in didsbury so i don't know maybe there was 100 people in the room at that time and uh but there were like 68 different churches and we all prayed for our churches there was one that really wound me up because somebody said his church was marshill.com and there were two Mars Hill churches, one run by Rob Bell and one run by Mark Driscoll, I think. I don't know which one it was. I wasn't bothered. I just didn't like the fact that that is somebody's church. I don't know who wrote that down. That is not your church. You can get maybe get some teaching from MarsHill.com and that may be good for your soul. It's certainly not your church. It's not a church community locked together fighting the devil and, and allowing these fiery arrows to bounce on. We need to be together in community. And yes, online is amazing. What a tool. I believe the Lord's forced us online as a church. It's time like, you know, when the Roman roads were laid, he insisted his people went out with the, with the gospel. When the printing press was invented, he insisted his people printed the word of God so that it could spread abroad. And now with this miraculous, amazing invention of the internet, let's use it, the Lord says. And that's part of what's happening globally but we mustn't lose sight of community we mustn't lose sight of being together of people locked together so that when the fiery arrows come as they surely will they bounce off in jesus name let it happen and it's even more important i think in this season of isolation and disconnection for some people that we do everything we possibly can to stay in community and it'll be great Six of us can meet in gardens and we can meet on park benches. And I don't know, some of us will start to, you know, spend time together in the office next week and in our teams, socially distanced, dreaming dreams. It'll be good for our souls. Fifthly, and finally, Paul says, put on the helmet of salvation. The Roman helmet, again, was revolutionary. It was made of bronze and leather. It brought great, great protection for the brain good job but it also was beautiful it had a often had a great fancy plume on top maybe you've seen the pictures was ornamental highly decorated what a picture of the gospel is it's thoroughly effective it protects us in every area of our life but it's also a beautiful thing and the more you go on in the christian life the more you realize how beautiful this salvation that we believe in is the more we learn the more the more we go on the more precious jesus becomes the more marvelous salvation is we're saved we're saved was saved put on the helmet of salvation it affects the way we think it affects our minds so that our mind you know so many people are having mental health challenges because they're thinking wrong and the lord wants to help you as you place the helmet of salvation oh and finally no there is one more that's all the protective equipment isn't it but there's one more thing this cheeky little sword of the spirit. Again, the Roman soldier in his kit bag would have a long ornamental sword 
and a close-up short stumpy sword. The word Paul uses the close-up sword, the, the sword of close combat that fought was in the thick of the battle. You know, when things were really dangerous, you pulled out your little sword and you fought close-up and personal with the enemy. The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, Paul says. Satan's allergic to the word of God. You know that, don't you? That's why it's so important we know this book. Not just we read it, but we know it. it, it it's Im imbibed in us. We, our blood is bibline. We, when, when we're facing great temptations, scriptures come to mind. We need this book. It's what Jesus did, isn't it, of course? His great time of temptation in the desert. Desert, when the, the devil was twisting scriptures. The lying, cheating, scheming devil was trying to take Jesus out before he embarked on this incredible mission to save the world. He came out of the desert in the power of the Spirit. Satan was out to get him. What did Jesus do? The Bible says, the Bible says, the Bible says. He quoted scripture and Satan fled. The sword of the Spirit is the word of God. We need to be people of the word. Satan doesn't know what to do with people who understand the word and live it out in the power of the spirit. He doesn't know what to do with a movement that says we believe in the Bible and we're going to communicate it to young people in the most funky, relevant way possible. But we're never going to water down the glorious message of salvation. Now, friends, it's our time to take up our swords again, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. God and to go into greater battles. Yes, through Message TV. Yes, through Project Withinshore. Yes, through so many other things we're going to be doing. Yes, as we pour out love on poorer communities in all that's going to spill out, but we go out and we fight. And so we'll stand strong to the end. We'll receive the victor's crown, if you like. We'll receive the well done. Well done, good and faithful servant. That's the only thing that really counts, isn't it? That we've been men and women who are saved, put on the full armour of God and go to battle in Jesus' name. Let's do it, friends. Let's be those people who make a mark. Don't blow it, but go the distance. You know, when I'm a very old man, I never want to have lost any of my passion. Let it be, Lord. Stir us up. Let us be a movement that sharpens each other, shapes each other in the word of God and his passion for the mission. You see, our God's a missionary God and he's got a plan for us to be on a mission for him. And that's why it's so amazing to be part of the message at a time like this. Hope you're excited about this next season. Get ready. Let's just pray into this. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that your spirit's in our heart. Thank you, God, that we can be men and women who just stand strong to the very end, who whatever life throws at us. Let us be truthful people who put on the belt of truth. Let us walk in your righteousness, not our own righteousness, the righteousness of Christ. Let us put on the shoes, the boots of the gospel that will carry us wherever we need to go and the shield of faith. So we take up your shield, faith in Jesus Christ. Let any old faith, the most powerful thing in the universe, Lord, we place on the helmet of our salvation, that beautiful salvation that protects us. And we pray, Lord, you'll help us to think right at a time like this. And Lord, that we'll take up our little sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and do incredible damage to Satan's kingdom and his plans, that we will make a mark for you, Jesus, in this next season. Like we've never made before, let this be our most fruitful season ever. Amen. <laughs> Thanks for listening. 
Don't forget to check out message.org.uk to find out how you can support our work or even get involved with one of our teams. We also have another podcast called The Flow Podcast, where we share stories and testimonies of the amazing things that God's doing in people's lives. Search for The Flow Podcast on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. There's a brand new episode there right now.